0: Saturday morning cartoons were awesome. From the 1960s through the 1990s, we kicked off each weekend in a frenzy
1: of animation that is unmatched today. But were these shows actually any good? Join us as we dig into the history of your favorite and not-so-favorite Saturday morning cartoons, look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of each one, and determine if our nostalgia matches the reality when it comes to these tunes.
0: So stay in your PJs, grab a bowl of cereal, and settle in.
1: I'm John. And I'm Robert. And this... It's Toon Talk. So, John. Yeah, Robert. I think to to really get going for this one, I wanted to give you a nice layup, a nice easy question. Okay. A, uh, a multiple choice. Oh, perfect. So, pick one. See. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, the one that you would want best. Okay. You would want the most. Okay. Glamour, glitter, fashion, or fame? Ooh. I'm going with fame, <laughs> All right, glitter that, gets that, everywhere. You don't want any of that. Well, that's that was my first thought. It's like, yeah, yeah if, if nothing else, no gl- glitter to me is like sand to Anakin Skywalker. Yes, that does it gets everywhere. You get glitter, any little bit of glitter in your house, and you're finding it for years yes. in places. You're like, how did they possibly get glitter here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gets blown around everywhere. <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, I, I, as you can see, wearing my flannel shirt and my. Uh, electric mayhem tea that yeah. fashion's already covered for me, sure. so, yeah. yeah. That's out the window when you're, yeah. <laughs> but, of course, for glamour, glitter, fashion, fame, I don't know how we get any more hype for this, for, for Gem and the Holograms, yeah. with, that, with that kind of lead-in. Yeah, it's four capital letters there for them. <laughs> so, yeah, Gem and the Holograms. A quick overview for anybody who's not familiar for his, uh, from the 1980s. It's a cartoon about a... A woman whose father dies leaves her responsible for his his foster home for girls and his music studio, Starlight Music. In order to be able to cover the expense for the home and gain full control of the studio, she discovers he created this advanced holographic technology and she uses it to change herself into Jem and start a band with her sisters to essentially thrive and take, become
0: famous and raise money for the and foster take, home. take care of the foster girls. Yep.
1: yeah. It, this is this is something unique and we should state right off the bat this was not for us no we, this, this we was are, not aimed at, at we, boys or adults we are as far <laughs> away from the target audience for this this cartoon that uh, that could possibly be so i know so. i totally felt like an outsider Watch, like i shouldn't be watching this <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like me. i can't tell anyone i watched this <laughs> <laughs> oh they're going to know now no? yeah they know now but. <laughs> you're, you're laying it down now yeah dude. But when, well, and you know, we've been here before. We have. We, and we'll be here again. Hasbro, the toy company, had a new line of toys to promote, and they wanted a cartoon to help get it into the hands of the young kids. And in, in this instance, we're, we're looking, as you mentioned, more toward, geared more towards girls, uh, though they did insist that if we, as long as we keep some action and adventure, boys are going to be, they're going to be in on this. They're going to like this, yeah. Um, young me, No.
0: No. No. The, well, they the, tried to make her like a superhero, right? Because she had this secret identity from Synergy, the computer, and yeah, that was that was maybe to...
1: that'll get the boys to watch because it's a superhero show. Yeah, that was supposed to be the appeal. But you know what? The big pink hair and the dresses and yeah, no, <laughs> no, the, this was the. And I was all in with Hasbro with their GI Joe and, and Transformers, but mm-hmm. I, I was a no sell on this one.
0: So was was this a? Were they trying to compete with Barbie?
1: Well, let's get into that.
0: Yeah, I, I know you have something to say about that because yeah. this is Hasbro and Barbie was Mattel. correct? And I saw a lot of similarities between Gem and Barbie of the 1980s.
1: And between 1985 and 1988, a bigger similarity would come out. Um, so the idea for Gem and the Holograms as a line of dolls was, began with Bill Sanders, who was an advertising exec and art director at Hasbro. And Joe Highland, who is a Hasbro marketing director, and then his wife, Barbara Highland, who is a writer. And they worked out the idea for this line of 12 and a half inch, fully articulated rock star dolls. Um, you know, they'd have wild hair colors accompanied by a line of fashion and then play sets with built in real musical features. The, and the idea, look, um, you mentioned it, Mattel owned the market share with Barbie and this is Hasbro's attempt had to, for 40 years yeah. at this point. And this is their attempt to like look we want to get in there and we want to do something it's it's different. You know, Barbie has has a career in everything, but she's never been a musician. So, mm-hmm. hey, this is our angle. Let's go and, yeah. and sell this. And they the idea initially had the the main singer had the name it was M. So, it, they said, "Well, it, maybe it stands for music, maybe it stands for magic, mystique." And you know, if somebody confuses it for MTV, well, Eh, okay we're
0: all right with that
1: (laughs) eventually it dawned on hasbro that you know what you can't trademark a letter so (laughs) this is probably not the way to go yeah and i think there i also read on a couple sources but it was really not confirmed that there was concern from a lawsuit from Bette midler who you went by the divine miss m so that yeah, they were worried about that. I don't know how true that you one was. You don't want any of that Bette Midler trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want her coming down on you. It's, no. uh, but So eventually they moved They moved away from M and they they settled on Gem. And that was tied to these earrings that she wore that had a Gem in the middle. So like, yeah, yeah. Gem, that works. We'll go yep. with that. So the best way that they knew, that Hasbro at this point knew to cut into a market share like Mattels was to get a cartoon up and running to get it really promoted. So they were working with uh, Marvel Productions and Sunbow, produ- Sunbow Productions already through for G.I. Joe and Transformers. Two big hits, and so like, well, let's, let's keep going. And they, they coordinated with both those studios to begin on the show. And with their target audience being females, they wanted a female writer. They wanted a female voice behind the whole program, which was actually pretty smart. Yeah, and knowing that they wanted both boys and girls, primarily girls, but look, we've got this action. We need somebody who has experience writing great action-packed stories. It turns out they had that person in-house, and that person was Christy Marks, who is already a writer on both G.I. Joe and Transformers. So knows
0: action. Yep,
1: so so she's got that all figured out, and she already had this desire to write a a cartoon geared towards girls to make them to kind of inspire them and make something exciting. And so they gave her, gave her the basic story. This is a very basic outline, gave her some details and said, run with it, run with it. What can you do? And she did, she developed the rest. She, yeah, like I said, she wasn't really interested in selling toys here. I had this idea of creating these stories. So she wanted to generate good stories that had a message a very positive, empowering message with a with the strong female protagonist, and so she created full backstories for every character, and it actually comes across in the show. There's a there's yeah. a whole lot. There's not she didn't really she. If anything, she overthought everything. Like sure. Every character, no matter how minor had some story, you may not have even seen it in the story, but she had it there. And how they were connected to yep. each other. Yep. It was all there to kind of so if you want, you know, the gem verse, if you will, yeah. it was fully formed in her mind before it ever got to the screen. Um, since the show was centered around a band and gem, they determined that they needed to do music too. That was going to help set it apart. Um, That's
0: how it's it almost a musical cartoon. Yeah, I
1: mean, and you're yeah. looking at mid '80s when you know MTV is is taking off. It, it's it's the rage, and they're going to think that there's a way that they can really um, attract girls or th- just an audience in general. So because there's music videos. Yes. In this cartoon, they yeah. did. So they the idea was to the goal was to create three original compositions. For every episode and for the most part they did there was a couple that was only two yeah and then they they reuse songs here and there depending on how it fit in the story but yeah they songs and music videos in every episode and it wasn't just Jem singing it was other bands that, that then it would or every once in a while you'd have an individual sing a song but yeah, you know they were not the archie's no, they they didn't chart. They didn't. Uh, they didn't, they have didn't do sugar, head. sugar. But interestingly enough, um, with the Gem Toys, they sold cassettes too. So they would songs from the, the shows would would you could get them by buying by buying the toys. And when you you know you sold over three million toys, yeah, you're selling over three million cassettes. So unofficially, yeah. They were a multi-platinum. Sure, band. they sold a lot of they, cassettes. They sold, you know, that's three right. times platinum. Right. by going three three million cassettes. But yeah, you know, the music industry doesn't recognize that. But yeah, you know, in a way, they were a multi-platinum band. So. Yeah. Yeah. Again, no archies, but. Yeah. They tried. It was worth it. <laughs> so, it's a good effort. Yeah. So Gem began as a it began as a miniseries. It was fifteen short segments. And at that time, Hasbro released the show called Super Saturday or Super Sunday, depending on it was actually both. It would um, it was something that they put together with four different shows that they were pitching. Gem include and then also Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines, Robotics and the Inhumanoids. And those are all clearly boy toy focused. They're yeah. all about getting hands, toys in the hand, hands of boys, all action oriented. And then there's Jim, which yeah. sticks out like a sore thumb. Sure. Like a <laughs> pink glittery sore thumb. <laughs> With big hair. <laughs> so the, the first airing of this actually was on a Sunday, on S- Sunday, October 6th, 1980, uh, 1985. But again, like I said, it would either be on Saturdays or Sundays. It would kind of rotate depending on the market. It was, it was airing in. Yeah. And over those first 15 episodes, they kind of gauged the response, and Jem actually received a really good reaction. Enough so that they're like, you know what? We can turn this into a full-blown series. We yeah. can run with this thing. The other one, actually, the Inhumanoids also became a series. Yep, I and remember it, in the, the Inhumanoids. Um, the other two were just these little segments. That was it. And they were yeah. kind of shoved aside. So... Gem the Holograms was turned into a into the the real deal. Ran three seasons over sixty five episodes, enough for syndication. Yep,
0: that magic number.
1: And uh, when it first launched, the cartoon actually was a big splash, and the toy line was a huge hit. It was something that um, was was unique. They were you know a little bit bigger than Barbies. They were kind of like, clearly had their own niche and. It was a really good response, and Barbie, Mattel, I guess, if you want, saw it coming and like, oh, oh well, boy. let's adjust. And yeah. within a matter of two months, suddenly Barbie and the Rockers showed up. Right. So Barbie and the Rockers is a turned into a cartoon and a whole line of toys, clearly to compete with Jem. Yeah. They they saw this they they saw the threat to their their dominance in the market and they responded. Um, Jem initially really did do some damage to to the Barbie line uh, in, in terms of their toy sales. But as with anything, Barbie, yeah, she reestablished herself as the empress of her toy domain yeah. and gem sales faded. And by the end of the series, the toy sales had diminished to the point where like, yep, yeah, we're done. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for it. Yeah. They knew before the series, the final episodes had ended or even were written yeah. that it wasn't going to go on anymore. So like, close the right, factory. Yeah. So <laughs> it's done. So, there was discussion, interestingly enough. I, I didn't know about this until we researched that they were they were going to do a theatrical release, kind of like what what they did with GI Joe yeah. and and Transformers An animated theatrical yeah. release. Yeah, and they realized they saw the response of those two and like, yeah, we're not going to do this. Those no. those went over like a lead balloon. Yeah, so Nearly we're not going to kill Transformers literally, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah, the idea was that of course they were going to bring in a, I, th- I believe it was six new characters, you know, so new oh, new new yeah. toys to new add toys, in. Yeah, uh, not not as extreme as Transformers, but the idea was to. And it never re- got past the outline stage. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Because I would
0: not have sat through that.
1: <laughs> so by 1988, Gem was off TV, and they. Christy Marx has, has said a couple times that if she could have had her way, the, Gemma would have come back at some point. And yeah. she's actually tried and she's like, there's yeah, you know, too many hurdles for her to, to make it happen. There was a live action film, Gemma and the Holograms, in 2015. And it hit theaters with a thud. Yeah. It, uh, I was like,
0: "Who? what is this?
1: Yeah. Uh, following a disappointing opening weekend of only $1.3 million at the, at the box office, which was the worst opening ever for a major studio film in wide release, which is over 2,000 theaters. Wow. Uh, Universal was the studio that, that launched it, and they're like, yeah, they pulled it after two weeks. <laughs> two weeks, and wow. that thing was gone. It was one of the shortest theatrical releases ever. No kidding. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> and and um, it grossed a total of 2.2 million with a budget of five. Ooh. So you talk about outrageous. Yeah. That <laughs> truly, was truly, truly outrageous. <laughs> that, that was bad. So. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's this is an interesting slice of of uh, society at the time. Yeah. I guess. Well,
0: you know, like. and when I'm thinking about the, you know, I saw the research on the the film too, and it made me think about the show Hannah Montana with Miley Cyrus. You know, that whole show was she had this alter ego and she's this pretty young girl and she turns into this music superstar and people don't know it's the same person. Uh, but she took that into her multi, multi-million dollar career now, Mm -hmm. you know, where her dad lives in her house now. (laughs) Um, so I wonder if there was some inspiration, because that was Disney that mm-hmm. did Hannah Montana, the Disney yeah. Channel. Um, I wonder if there was some
1: inspiration from Jem. There definitely could have been. They, they may have found some kind of thread in there. but And I mean, three seasons, and there's a, there's a fair number of characters throughout those 65 yeah. episodes. So that's a lot of voice acting. A lot of different yeah. voices involved in this.
0: A ton of voices. And... Not a lot of them did any other voice acting work. That was really significant. Um, Jim slash Jerrica Benton was played. The voice, speaking voice was Samantha Newark. Um, She did some work on other Hasbro stuff. She was in Transformers. She was one of the female robots in the movie. Um, And actually went on to fame as the backup singer for Pink Floyd. Oh, wait. A Pink Floyd tribute band. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but she did release her own album called something good, which I've never heard. Um, but it's ironic that she was the, the speaking voice of Jerrica and Jem, and, and then the became
1: career. a musician. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe Kim, she was inspired by Jem. She could that have was been. The whole point was to inspire women and, yeah, and young it, girls. It and did. There you go. Yeah. I have never released an album. So <laughs> cause you didn't watch it. I didn't. Right. Next didn't week, watch it John's done. in the studio.
0: <laughs> yep. There you go. Um, and then Kimber Benton, Jim's little sister, um, was played by Kathy Ann Bloor. Kathy Ann Bloor did a couple other things. Um, she was in uh, American Tale. Steven Spielberg's in American Tale as Bridget. Um, and then she had a role on TV's Knott's Landing, which seemed a lot like Jim. You know, this melodrama soap opera yeah. stuff. Shanna Elmsford was was voiced by Cindy McGee, Carmen Rhea Alonzo by Linda Dankill. And I couldn't find that they did anything else ever. I mean, um, Jem's singing voice was Britta Phillips. Um, And it's interesting. What's interesting about Britta Phillips is she wasn't a singer. Her dad was a pianist and wrote jingles in New York and told her daughter, hey, told his daughter, hey, go Let's go try out for this. And she showed up and sang the the line truly, truly, truly outrageous. And th- that was the line they used. That was the take they took. It was like that was her audition song.
1: Yeah, they had they had the uh, everybody auditioning for the voice sang the, the opening theme to Jem and they took her track and she knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So they, loved fun, it. they didn't ask her to record it again. Like, you're the voice. We're running with that. Now, yep. now here's a, here, here's 181 other songs to sing.
0: Right. But they're only <laughs> 30 seconds long. So. <laughs> so you're okay. Which they're like jingles then, right? Right. right. Um, and now she went on to a, a pretty substantial music career um, as the bassist for a New York indie rock band called Luna, mm-hmm. which which was a big band in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, um, Pup Tent was a good album. Yeah. There you go. See? Yeah, I, I knew you I know would know. Luna. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pizzazz from the Misfits. So now you have the Misfits. Um, Pizzazz was kind of the leader of the Misfits, um, voiced by Patricia Albrecht. Um, Roxy was um, voiced by two people actually Samantha Paris and then later Bobby Block. I couldn't find that they did anything else yeah. either. Um, Stormer, Suzanne Blue. Um, Jetta was Louise Dorsey. Louise Dorsey, what I found out about her is she's the daughter of Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah, so her her dad was a musician, <laughs> and she <laughs> um, played a musician. And she so they, played a yeah. musician in a in a cartoon, but they really didn't do anything else, mm-hmm. you know. As at least as voice actors, you know, I, right. I didn't find that there were real, you know, no significant roles. They were additional mm-hmm. voices and some things, and and probably made a decent living doing some of that mm-hmm. stuff, some TV appearances. Sure, um, but nothing that that really stood out to me um rio who is an idiot (laughs) rio is jerica's friend kind of boyfriend but he is also in love with jim yeah he's kind of a creep yeah he's like he's digging on both of these chicks and they're the same person and neither one of them says hey jerk (laughs) why are you hitting on both of us (laughs) we're the same person uh, but he was in another Hasbro film or Hasbro product, um, Transformers, as Roland, uh, where he worked with Frank Welker and Peter Cullen. Nice. There we go. There we go. So I tied Jem to, I remember I texted you. I'm like, hey, I tied this <laughs> to Frank Welker and Peter Cullen. You're like, finally something good to talk about. <laughs> um, he was also in Gremlins as one of the Mogwai. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was pretty iconic to be one of the Gremlins. Um, The Stingers band, um, Riot was actually the, they had a front man Mm -hmm. in that band, Um, Townsend Coleman. Townsend Coleman, you've heard his voice if you ever watched Must See TV on NBC. No. He did all those promos for Must See TV when it was Seinfeld and Friends and ER and all that stuff. Um, And Gordon Grody um, was the singing voice of Riot, and he is Lady Gaga's vocal coach. Hmm. So he knows how to sing, or at least knows how to tell other people to yeah. sing. Um, and then there was Minx. Minx was Kath Sushi. She was in Rugrats and in Futurama, which I love, Futurama. Yeah. She is Cubert Farnsworth, so he's Professor Farnsworth's oh. clone. <laughs> um, and then uh, Rapture was Ellen Gerstel. Um I didn't find anything about her. And Vicki Sue Robinson was the singing voice, which we all know. Turn the beat around. Turn the beat around, which is an awesome song. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a great, great song. Um, And then Eric Raymond, who was the antagonist, he was the bad guy. He Mm -hmm. was... Um, the Misfits manager, I would guess you'd call him a producer, and they never really pin it down, but somehow he's in charge. Yeah, he just basically band. wanted
1: to take over Starlight Music. Yeah,
0: he wanted to yeah. take over Starlight Music, and he was going to use the Misfits to do it, and the Misfits were using him to get back and yeah. destroy Jim and the Holograms. He was voiced by Charlie Adler. Now, Charlie Adler is the one of the two people in this whole show that really did something else. He's Starscream in oh, Transformers. Okay. Um, it's a so Hasbro connection. He's a Hasbro connection, yep. So it seemed like anyone on this show who did anything else, it was for Hasbro. Yeah. You know, so they were like, hey, we need some help. Go get go down the hall and get a couple of the guys from Transformers <laughs> and bring them down here. Um, and then Synergy, the voice of Synergy. So Synergy is the super hologram computer that allows um, them to become Jim and the holograms. Mm-hmm. Voiced by Marlene Aragon. She was Cheetah in Challenger of the Super Friends. Nice. And Maya and Thundar the Barbarian.
1: Oh. Yeah. So
0: still, you know, doing mm-hmm. some decent work outside yeah. of this. So really those two, Eric Raymond, or um, Charlie Adler as Eric Raymond and Marlene Aragon as Synergy were legit mm-hmm. voice actors. I mean, they mm-hmm. they did some other big things. Yeah. But but outside of those two, yeah. really not much.
1: Yeah, well, and it's it's interesting that this you know, the singing gig on Gem of the Holograms kinda of helped launch Britta Phillips career right even though she's she's more young she wasn't a singer yeah but, but she, I know she also did has a, a bit of a songwriting yeah. background now too so yes. she's, yeah, she's yeah she's credited she's,
0: as a songwriter producer artist yeah
1: yeah so she's she's built a pretty nice career for herself so yeah um yeah. Yeah, kind of talking about, you know, kind of mentioning Britta Phillips, We'll kind of staying on the music just for a, t- a bit here because, so over the course of the series, of course, there are three bands. There's Gem and the Holograms, yep. there's the Misfits, and then there's the Stingers, as you can And there was mentioned. a band, a real band called the Misfits Yes, at this that is, time. This is not them. No, the, the only thing that's similar to that is that, you know, the, the real life Misfits basically did a horror punk rock. Horror rock, and, yeah. And, yeah, talking about killing people, and the Misfits tried to kill people, so... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, more on that later. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, and then yeah, as mentioned, the stinger. So yeah, and they they each had kind of a distinct sound. So Gem the Holograms was very much the, that young pop of that time. Think of like Tiffany, Debbie Gibson yes. type of sound. Yep. And the Misfits are very electronic, yeah. and I would I say this loosely, they're punk. Yeah, it's not punk music, they, but they are as close to you know punk as they're going to get on the yeah. D- as a, as a kids cartoon. Yeah. Um, they, they were like a
0: harder version of heart. Yeah, I mean, and,
1: and like all four musicians on the band like play electronic music. I mean, yeah. they're they like kind of a, a distinct sound. And then you had the Stingers. Uh, they were kind of a smoother, slightly slightly funky sound. But um, yeah, all very different. And yeah, it's interesting. So they had, they turned on 151 songs for the series. Um, Anne Bryant. Composed the music and Barry Harmon did the lyrics. No official album, despite all those songs. They never actually they never released, released an anything. album. Just the cassettes. Just the cassettes. The so yeah. So they they, they were multi platinum, just selling cassettes with toys. Yeah. Never I mean, with the number of, mu- of songs that they created. I think you they Think could have put an LP together. Yeah, an LP or forty fives or Which, something like yeah. that. Nothing. But uh, it was the music was interesting.
0: Yeah, it was kind of catchy i mean it was cool like the when they had the song it was always like it was like a rocky training montage like they were trying to do something and and it kind of sped through to the sped the plot along a little mm. bit and i thought it did a good job of that the lyrics were a little cheesy yeah but yeah
1: the music wasn't bad the the gem and the the, the hologram music was it was fine, yeah. It was, um, especially it was bubblegum pop. Yeah, I mean, some hit better than others. I don't. There was nothing that I walked away with like, oh, that, that was you know actually a good was? song. I like that song. It was it never the happened. song
0: that a little girl sings when she's playing with her dolls. Man. That's what these songs were. We're gonna wash our clothes today. We're gonna <laughs> wash. You know, that's what it seemed to me. That's and, what it was.
1: And I mean, they're they're just they're forgettable. And I <laughs> and, and that kind of is pop music to a point where I mean, like yeah. there's no. Catching I mean what I I didn't well like I said, I didn't walk away like remembering a song. I would just hear a song like, Well, I guess that was better than like some of the other ones, or like, Oh, that one's particularly bad. Yeah. But and I know, actually started to prefer the Misfits music. I hated the Misfits. Did you? I hated that. <laughs> Anytime they like you like they, they start playing like, Oh, you know, here's Uh-oh. another minute of my life I'm gonna <laughs> lose. <laughs> well, if we all
0: like the same thing, the world would be a boring <laughs> yes, place. It's true. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, I
1: yeah. Yeah, and 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 it's you know part of it's the, the Holmes there's there's very much a an uplifting message to it. That was you know Ooh. intentionally like hey, yeah. you know this is, we're the good this girls. is positive and this is great and the misfits are always very we're going to get you <laughs> or very just you know egotistical or you know me 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 type of things. Right. Yeah. Um and you know you, the stingers are particularly forgetful. I mean I yeah, I don't we I just finished this series 2 days ago I can't even I can't even remember anything that yeah, it, it was, was completely it. forgettable. Yeah. Um, yeah, the it, it's just it's an interesting it, it definitely set this the show apart. It, it was something sure. unique in yeah. creating music videos. Mm-hmm. And generally the songs are probably about like maybe 60 seconds yeah. long each. That, yeah. yeah. And just kind of thrown in there some are shorter than others, but it was just kind of in a way to kind of help push the plot along, yeah, or underline a theme, mm-hmm. and then move yeah, on.
0: Yeah, and the the music videos kind of told a story, like a lot of the videos on MTV were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when um, MTV came about, and I'm a big fan of Hall and Oates, mm-hmm. and um, John Oates did not like the idea of making music videos. He's like, "What? Now I got to be an actor too." So if you watch the videos, he's just not interested in mm-hmm. Daryl Hall's carrying the whole thing. Right. But those videos told stories that went with the music you know. tried to make a impression or personality for that song using mm-hmm. the video. And I thought the way they tried to draw these videos was similar to what people were trying to do on MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw that they were trying to gather some of that interest from MTV, like you mentioned earlier. Um, so some of them were okay, but a lot of them I closed my eyes. I just tried to hit skip. <laughs> I could. I was watching it on Tubi, so I could skip ten seconds yeah. at a time. Like, oh, they're playing a song again. Dang, dang, dang. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I got to that point too. I, I, I tried to, I tried to to. To tough it out for a while. And then I got to the point where I can't.
0: Can't do it anymore. I can't. No. Have... It, well, again, it wasn't for
1: us. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and kind of speaking of that, kind of looking at our overall reactions to this, is this this show, and I think you hit it on the head when you mentioned the knots the landing earlier, the soap opera. This this overall feel of this hit me like this is a soap opera. Yeah. But unlike a daytime soap opera where they take a moment of tension and they milk it for two weeks. Right. Gem and the Holograms takes a moment of tension, and they just slam another one on top of it and slam. It. It's it's like yeah, it's it's like a soap opera that's just slammed two six packs of Jolt Cola and is steaming ahead, <laughs> like bang 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 bang. And then you know it sets up conflict, but it, then it barrels right through it. So there's sure. like you don't have time to really even like there's no tension ratched ratcheted it up. It's just like okay, moving on to the next thing and it's yep. just pushing it forward. It was. Um, it, it, it was interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah, you didn't have time sometimes to even react mm-hmm. to what just ha- what created that. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, and from a storytelling point, there's no way that the, the characters can legitimately react and have, have have a proper reaction to something because something happens and something else immediately happens and yeah. then something else right after that and it's like it's oh like, okay and then and the story's just chugging along and they're just like it's like they processed it all and they're moving they on they would like, plot you know, revenge immediately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just act on it yes. <laughs> yeah it was this was a a unique in my experience so far this is this is as unique of a cartoon as i've as i've watched yeah i've
0: never seen anything i tried to explain it as like a soap opera aimed at children mixed with a 17 magazine that was handed out at the mall you know, that's kind of what I... If I had to draw a picture of what this was, that's it.
1: <laughs> well, and I I, I didn't really know what to expect going into this, knowing, like, this isn't... Yeah, like I said, yeah. this is... I knew this was not aimed at me, and this is not something I ever wanted to have any interest as a kid. But... Uh, there was much more attempted homicide than I was anticipating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs>
0: I mean, I... You know, G.I. Joe, they're shooting at each other, but no one ever really gets no. hit or dies, you know. No, or They don't play that way. No, they don't play that way. There's a blue laser and a red laser, and it hits the rock behind you until one of them decides to turn around, you know. <laughs> but I, I got your message. You said there's a lot more felonious activity than I expected. So I started paying attention, and I put a name to all the crimes that I saw in the first. <laughs> and I honestly, truth be told, didn't watch All three seasons. I watched every episode of season one and I cherry picked season two and then I was done. (laughs) I'm like, I'm out. Uh, But I found arson, kidnapping, extortion, identity theft, assault, several instances of attempted murder. Yes. Child endangerment, just straight up theft, (laughs) embezzlement, grand larceny, plagiarism, a planned assassination, mutiny. And sabotage.
1: And this is why we say it's like a soap soap opera. It is.
0: It's like a soap opera (laughs) because it was just outrageous.
1: (laughs) It was outrageous. I
0: mean, they were like trying to stop a photo shoot and they decided to just
1: knock over the scaffolding that Jem and the Holograms were on. Like, Mm -hmm. we'll just knock them down. Well, and it was the very first episode. They are... Jem and the Holograms are driving in the car and they basically just get like driven off... Yeah, get T right they're, they're going off a cliff. Yeah. There's there's <laughs> in the real world, they're off that cliff and yes, they're dead. For sure. Somehow, yeah. but of course you go to you cut to commercial and then they they reverse time a little bit and they, they make, skim slam, off a they, little. They bit. slam off to a, Yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, well, and it, there was a firebomb in the um, orphanage in the foster home. Yeah,
1: the yeah, the first time they actually the, yeah. the, they, they hired zipper.
0: Eric hires zipper, who's like his hired flunky or his henchman. You know, yes. How long have you henched? You know that guy. <laughs> and I'm, why don't you go take care of the foster home? So he plants a bomb in the couch cushions. Well,
1: first, the first thing he accidentally he gets caught. He, he sneaks. I don't even know what he was oh, doing yeah, in there first. He sneaks first. How did he walk in. into the place? Yeah, he just he just walks into yeah. the, into the foster home, and they catch him in there. And he freaks out, and he sets fire to the place. Yeah, and it basically burns it down. You're right. And, <laughs> and so the next episode, they move into a mansion because you know. Because Dad had a mansion. Yeah. Well, no, because there was like some music exec was going to offer up a mansion to whoever won the Battle of the Bands competition. That's right. Yep. Which happens all the time. Yep. Sure. And Jim. And, and they say, brain. "Hey, our, our foster home burned down. Could we just go live in the mansion?" He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure. At least until the, until the competition's over, right?" And so then Eric sends Zipper back in, like, "Hey," and he takes a bomb in and he sticks it under the sofa cushion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, this guy's stealthy yes. this, this guy he, he knows He knows <laughs> his stuff <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to ask <laughs> And it blows up And it really doesn't Do much damage Because they still Keep living in the mansion Sure yeah. I mean it probably yeah, you know, He just yeah. well, blew up the cushion real good yeah we need <laughs> but, a new
0: sofa but at least didn't learn the place at least, down. at
1: least just don't sit on the right side of the the yeah. sofa the left side that, that part doesn't recline yeah. anymore you want to sit over here
0: yeah so that happens quick that's like episode one and episode it's two one and two that's yeah. right off the
1: bat and that's Bang. like wow this mm-hmm. is this they mean business and it kind of keeps especially for the first season it that all that felonious activity yeah. continues yeah through that first season it's just constantly the misfits are constantly trying to do things that are just like mm-hmm. how have they not been arrested right and it's not like they're sneaky about it and no they're, they, they go Actually, and they there's wreck no a, investigation on they that. wreck a yacht yes. and everybody knows it's them and they just like go jump in a in a speedboat and, and get away yep and like see you yeah, later, yeah, see you later <laughs> suckers like okay have fun dealing with that <laughs>
0: Oh Yeah, episode two, the title of episode two is Disaster, which was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, episode two, they've, they've moved into the mansion, and oh, there's a bomb. And I just figured out after that that, okay, the misfits are bad people, and they're going to pull. You, you pulse. just figured it out. There. I figured it out episode two, I'm like the misfits are bad. Um, so episode nine, they... The holograms are booked to play at the World Hunger Shindig, which is down in Texas. And they're going to solve world hunger playing this concert. It was kind of like we are the world, but it was country style. And why wouldn't a country, you know, promoter who's wearing a cowboy hat and cowboy boots hire a pop band to play? But she did. And then the misfits show up like, hey, we're going to play too. And they're like, okay. (laughs) You know, um, And so the Misfits put in um, Zipper, I think it was Zipper, put him in the box office to take all the money that people were paying to get in. So they were embezzling the money from the show that they were hoping to play in. Um, And then hilarity ensues and they figure out what happened. Um, They're jamming the hologram figure out what happened. They escape from the closet, they've been locked in, and they find the money, and they go on stage and say, hey, we found this money, they stole it, and then they play
1: their show. <laughs> yeah, and and everybody's happy. Well, and my favorite on that is, so the, the whole idea, so it's World Hunger, right? Yeah. And they the big song for this, the Jim and the Hologram, has, it's a song called We Can Make a Difference, which sounds, oh, that's inspiring, but then you look at the words, it is the most... I, I can't even come up with the words. It's it's the most generic song you could come up with. Yeah. And I and actually put down some of the lyrics. So the, the whole verse is, Everyone agrees something's got to be done. If we work in unison, the race can still be won. We can make a difference. <laughs> what are you talking about? World hunger? World <laughs> hunger? No, that has nothing to do with taking care of your fellow man. No, it's just something's... Everybody agrees, John. Something's got to be done. And... Talk about the DH rule. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Something needs to be done about this. Um, well, and then, yeah, there's... I, I want to skip on to the uh, number... Oh, shoot, I lost my... It's okay. I think I want to go back. Sorry. Yeah, I want to go back to, to episodes six and seven, which is Starbright. So the I, the gist of this is that... So one of the the foster girls, Bonnie, who is a... Which And it took me, I had to look this up to understand why they kept saying her name funny. Like, it's Bonnie, right? Why are they saying Bonnie? No, she was Asian. And yeah, she was yeah. Vietnamese. Yeah. And so it was Bonnie. And once I looked it up, like, oh, well, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Know, <laughs> it was kind of an odd thing that yeah. didn't click in my head, but... Um, so she gets diagnosed She's losing her vision yeah, with this rare optical condition that's going to leave her blind and, like, unless and like, and it's it's like suddenly it's it's hit her and it's gonna happen. Yeah, like, this is a merchant. Yeah, and you need this like unique surgery that costs $250,000. <laughs> I, I circled
0: that too. Like, <laughs> this is 1985,
1: $250,000. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's insane. So at this point, <laughs> Um, Jim, the holograms. the idea was that they were going to be um, they're going to be filming this um, this movie, and they're going to be filming uh, and it's, they're going to be starring in it. So yeah. they they go into it, and the misfits are all upset about it. So um, Pizzazz has her dad buy the studio, and then put her in the movie. And then Eric becomes the the director. Because right. why, why not? not. <laughs> and everybody's just like, okay. And he so he's he's six he, he like grabs control of it and he's like basically just like driving everybody crazy. The idea is to drive gem and holograms off the film so that the misfits can come on. Yep. And and he does. And that's when then they find out that Bonnie is Losing yeah. her eyesight and is going to go blind with like within like five minutes, so they've yeah. got to hurry up and get this film done. <laughs> well,
0: he drives away the crew, yeah. too,
1: right. <laughs> well, not yet because so he j- drives away Gem, so yep. and then Gem and the holograms come back. They're like, okay, well, because we need of, the money because we've been doing this movie, we stopped all of our we we stopped touring, where, so we stopped making money, right? Because we've been doing this movie, and so now we can't afford the surgery, so yeah. now we had to go back to the movie and like, well, why don't you just start touring? Yeah. I mean, if that's, if Just, that money would have, no, we got to go back and do this movie and, yeah. and kowtow to Eric. And eventually he drives them away again. And then with him, the whole crew leaves. Yeah. And then, so he keeps making a movie for the Misfits. And then, you know, the Jag and the Rag Tank bunch of, of film crew make their own and then Starlight, uh, Star sorry, Starbright, the film with Gem is a huge hit, and yeah. then of course the Misfits film flops. Nobody goes to that. Yeah. And, and Bonnie becomes the Bionic Girl, and well, she gets her eyesight anyway. She gets her eyesight back. Yeah, um, she may, she maybe become Bionic. So I don't know. Was, they never addressed that, but they tried to
0: sabotage the Misfits. Sabotaged one of the stunts where mm-hmm. one of the holograms was out in the middle, like it was like a minefield or yeah. something, and the stunt man had to go out and rescue her. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. They're going to kill her.
1: <laughs> well, and they did it on another one where they, uh, where Jem is like he's walking probably like this high ledge or something like that. And the whole thing was made to collapse. and right. Basically kill her. Yeah. And we'll fix her. We'll kill her. <laughs> <laughs> that will get her off the film. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's very over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good ha- way to put it. And having the whole, you know. Girl, little girl who needs her uh a surgery. She, yeah, it's yeah. So she can read her own nighttime book. Yeah. Um, the next one that that jumped out to me was the the music awards, oh, and yes. um, which is episode thirteen and fourteen. So another two parter. Mm-hmm. But it starts off they introduce um, this woman named Dance. Yeah, who is a choreographer, <laughs> Dance. <laughs> This this is after this is a couple episodes after they introduced the their videographer video, <laughs> but but dance shows up and she looks like she's basically got a layer cake of hair on her head. It's like all different colors. It's like yeah. she's got her main, and then it's just like it just like slaps. like here's some blue on the top, and then we'll throw some orange, and then it's just like it's just like it just looks odd. And it looks just like this, a
0: four year old girl's coloring book is what it looked like <laughs> essentially.
1: It's yeah, it's like. It's like a lion mane, and then they put a toupee on top Couple of it. Of and then colors. another one on top of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really. I was trying odd.
0: to decide. I'm like, is that a hat? <laughs> you know,
1: I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah, it, it took them later. They, eventually, by the, second, the next episode, they kind of got it worked out a little bit. She comes back later in the series, and, and she looks more normal. Yeah. But yeah, their first attempts at her hair were. Bad news. Yeah, it was, it was unfortunate for her. <laughs> but this is one where they address uh, runaways. So we oh, yeah. were talking about you know, talk about they they did try to talk about issues in this they did talk about uh, well yeah what was going on in the increasing world. blindness apparently but yeah I mean world hunger as we mentioned world hunger, and yep. you know runaways and abuse and drug addiction illiteracy I mean they 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 tried. touched on I mean they you know it, it's, the a bit, of <laughs> it's it's a bit of orphans it's um, it's a bit heavy handed but uh-huh. and in this this particular instance. Um, the girls feel like Jerica and Jim are not, or Jerica, who is Jem's alter ego, is not paying enough attention to them at the Starlight House, and so one of them wants to run away. Two of them go with it, Bonnie being one of them, because yeah. you know like you gave me two hundred fifty thousand dollars sight, right? So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm gone, I'm out. <laughs> I got what I need. You could have doubled that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she gave me bionic bionic legs too. Yeah. Um. So they they. They take off. They ended up running into this... Well, they they go to the Misfits for some reason, and the Misfits send them packing. Yeah. And then they run into this boy named Danny who is being... um, He's in some kind of trouble. He's being abused by his dad. Yeah. And so he runs away. Um, And so... Yeah, that's... Yeah, then they get into trouble, but eventually it all works out. And the the gist for Jem is that they're supposed to be at the Music Awards. And they they got to do this benefit they, and they decide to, to decommit from the music award so that they could help dance because who dance dance has this um her own special like a halfway house or whatever a a house for runaways what is it haven house haven house there yeah. you go it's halfway to heaven, <laughs> halfway to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um so they Gem and the holograms back out of the music awards and they they do this benefit in the meantime the, the misfits are like haha yeah we got them away now right and they win the they win the award because apparently they only give it to people who show up yeah must it's be like, present to win <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah darn and then after so the the show ends with the the misfits going to like they get their award and the cow like, ah, we're gonna go rub this in their face and they go to this benefit and then they see Gem singing to all these people talking you know, in, in kind of a benefit for for, the, for this house and and yeah pizzazz just like goes all mopey and like, yeah, like and it ends like this, this dram- isn't about me anymore this, this dramatic shot of her dropping the uh, the award and it shatters on the ground <laughs> which was awesome cut to credits yeah <laughs>
0: so right after that was my favorite episode episode 15 where the holograms are going to make a fashion photo book And they're going all over the world getting photos, and the misfits are trying to sabotage their photo shoots. um, Because apparently the misfits just follow them around the world. (laughs) Um, And then that's not working, so the misfits decide they're going to make their own photo book. And they're taking their own pictures, and they're going to their own locations, and Pizzazz takes over everything, and she's terrible at it. And they start shopping this book around to publishers. You know, there's this montage where they go to (laughs) seven, eight, nine publishers, and they're all like, oh, this is amateur work. Sorry, we can't take this. We can't do this. So Pizazz is frustrated. She's like, well, I'll just go to my daddy, and my daddy will buy the Holograms book and kill it. It Mm -hmm. won't be published because her dad is a publisher. (laughs) So they spent the whole... Whole episode, <laughs> shopping their book around to publishers and getting turned down. When the whole time her dad is a publisher, they could have just went, "Daddy, will you publish this book for me?" <laughs> just like, and they don't they don't address that. It's like right. what What in the world are they doing? <laughs> I just didn't understand it at all. Who wrote that episode? I need to look it up because Rick Merwin. Rick Merwin. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I didn't get it yeah i'm
1: like wait a minute i thought he was a-
0: yeah he's a publisher yeah
1: well and then the next episode 16 which is the one written by it shocked me to see that Marv wolfman so we've mentioned him in uh-huh. some previous yeah. shows who is a pretty a significant comic book writer yeah um and he had written so he wrote the significant transformers episode where they brought Optimus Prime back. back to life. Yeah, because he was a comic book yep. writer, and they're like, "Okay, we need someone to figure this." Yeah, out. Yeah, he could solve problems. Yep. He would, yeah, so he was good at this. He this one was not his better outings. Um, the Broadway magic where he's probably like, you know, I'll do it. Yeah. but this is like just a gig for me. <laughs> you know, this isn't really me, but I'll try. So the con the real conflict this has something to do with Broadway and whatever. Mm-hmm. The the real the real conflict. So Eric Raymond decides that. He wants to start a scandal because he he gets everybody excited. Like, who is Jem really? Because nobody knows who oh, Gem yeah, he's is. Gonna ex- he's like, I'm gonna, ex- you know, I want I'm gonna, gonna offer a hundred thousand dollars for anybody who can tell me who she really is. Cause, and that's not enough to yeah. get your eyes fixed. <laughs> no, well, you might be able to. You might be able to read the chart a little bit better sure. after that. But yeah, you, you're not fixed yet. Um, so. So anybody who can r- reveal the real identity, and so now suddenly people are, d- are chasing Gem everywhere. Yeah. And, of course, Jerrica doesn't have the, the the sense of mind to, like, well, I'm just going to turn off the hologram. Yeah. I just, I just won't just be Gem. <laughs> no. She's driving around, and people are chasing her. And, like, the media, like, he he makes this announcement, and then suddenly, like, the media the swarms around, who are you? And they're all angry at her because she hasn't, like, I'm she sure. hasn't revealed yeah. who she is. Like, well, you, you knew this before. Why yeah. are you suddenly angry? Because he's offering money for it. Yeah. And... And but but what I really want to take away from that is that Rio, the idiot that he is, <laughs> has this realization at the end, like you know what I really don't need to know who Gemmerly really is. I'm your manager. I'm I'm with you everywhere, but I don't really need to know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did want to point one thing out because I I I think now is a good time to talk about Rio. Yeah. But um, one of the one quick note on that. So there's there's a a shot where Eric Raymond is making his announcement to, to give money away for this this reveal, and you see a bank of TVs set up in a, in a store, mm-hmm. and they're all showing Eric Raymond, except one down in the corner is a scene from in humanoids. No kidding. Yes. Oh I They, didn't they, see they that. tucked it right down. It's all about oh, like two awesome. three seconds. But yeah, it was cool. kinda it was kinda interesting. So they, a little Easter egg. Yeah, gotta promote their other show while they're sure. promoting this one. But and that was episodes what, Broadway was, Magic Yeah number 16, 16. Yeah. yeah season one. But yeah. So Rio's a moron. Um he's Yeah, no question. Yeah. And the idea and part of the selling point for the series he has blue hair, right? purple purple yeah yeah he's a moron um (laughs) the not because he has purple hair he's just a moron yeah but the whole the whole selling point one of the selling points for the series is the love triangle hasbro loved the idea when 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 marx actually brought the idea and but it makes no sense no there's no logic to this at all so jerica raymond uh, or sorry, sorry, Jerica, it's a love triangle. With two Benton. people. Yeah, Jer- <laughs> Jer- Jerica Button is also Jem. Yeah. When the series starts, they, then they establish later on. So she and and Rio have been close friends, kind of boyfriend girlfriend ish. Yeah. For for quite some time, for years leading up to this, and then she discovers the synergy holog uh, software that turns her into Jem, and then he starts to fall in love with Jem. He still loves Jerica, but now he loves Jem. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole. You know, she's conflicted by like well he seems to love me but does he also he seems like to love or... Jim yeah. who does he love more and they, they do a whole song about it yeah. and, and and she's like but I can't tell him like why why not yeah. <laughs> the, the, there's no good reason why you can't tell him I mean he clearly he's, he's your a, best friend he's a good friend you've known him for years. Mm-hmm. He's your manager. He's yeah. kind of like he's doing everything he's for this band. In a position to help you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he can help cover for you if you need to. No, I, no. I can't let him know. Yeah. And so he's he's at various points he's kissing Jem, He's kissing Jerica, and she doesn't really get upset about it. Yeah. I mean, the dude's a creep. You're you're seeing it. He's, <laughs> he doesn't realize it's you, but he's he, stepping out on you, <laughs> with you, with you. <laughs> but he doesn't know that it's a
0: two-sided love triangle
1: <laughs> he's he's a hot-headed creep yeah and you're, you're cool with it whatever, yeah, what, no, okay. whatever. it's fine Do your thing. Yeah. it's fine I'm not here to judge <laughs> well kind of it, it gets worse in season three which you didn't watch but thank god yeah um when they bring riot in suddenly riots in love with gem and then rio's jealous and so he's fighting for gem's affection and then there's jericho she's like Whatever. Mm, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, she's like, she, the whole, the whole, as Gem, she's like, why are you two fighting over me? It's okay, it's okay. Yeah. And then at no point does she think, of like, well, I guess at one point she she gets conflicted by it. Yeah. And then whatever, she moves on again. They write a song and move on. It's. <laughs> add that one layer of complexity just to, for something that didn't make sense from the first, from the jump, but. Yeah. yeah whatever.
0: Um, well, so Synergy is an interesting character because. There are hundreds of instances where Jerica could have used Synergy to solve problems. Yeah. You know, Synergy was magic. I mean, she'd make holograms. She made a flash flood appear to chase the, the bad guys away mm-hmm. at, in, when they were in the canyon at the Hunger mm-hmm. concert. She would just do anything, right? Mm-hmm. So episode 20, they get stranded on an island because the misfits sabotaged the boat or took the boat over. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, now no one knows where we are. How about, hey, Synergy, where are we? Or, hey, Synergy, send the Coast Guard. And I just imagine Synergy just back at the house with her fingers between her eyes going, oh, my God. These people don't deserve
1: me. It's like a genie. She can't help unless she's being directed to do it. Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's a little easier to take. Is looking at it that way like well i can't help unless they ask <laughs> and, and so synergy was created by jerica's dad before yeah. he died and she's made to look and sound and basically be jerica's mother who died earlier yeah and so the whole idea is that well she's she's basically his wife recreated so so it's like you could just see it, like her mom just said like I have an idiot for a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing
0: everything I can, girl. I, just, I don't know what else I can do. Um,
1: in episode 22, though, Synergy helps them rebuild the Indy car. Oh, Indycar. yeah. this is, this is and I think I told you, this is where the series goes from bad to terrible. They jump the shark. Yes. Here, big time. So they're
0: at the Indianapolis 500, and Starlight Records is sponsoring a car. The Starlight Racer, or I don't know what they called it, but it was... They, yeah. had a, yeah. they had a racing team in the Indianapolis 500, and it was a pink car with a star on it, like Jim's earrings. Yes. And there, lo and behold, the misfits show up and cause an accident. So the uh, Starlight driver is injured, the car's destroyed. Tr- totaled. Just trashed. And Jim decides, well, we can fix the car. So they go into the garage with the car and they get Synergy. Hey, Synergy, show us what this car is supposed to look like so we can put it back together. So instead of the professional IndyCar pit crew team working on the car, you got Jem and her girlfriends putting this car. And they're welding, <laughs> they're, they're polishing the carbon fiber, you know, they're patching up the body and they're putting it together so the car's fixed.
1: They rebuild a car re-build, in a matter of hours. Yeah, hours. Yeah. And, oh, no. Now we don't have anyone to drive the car. Yeah, they go to visit the driver in the hospital. Yeah, he's like, he's yeah, I can't a, drive. He's got a broken <laughs> leg. He's, he's laid in up. traction. Yeah, he's <laughs> laid up. He's
0: like, well, I can't drive. Yeah. And Jem's like, well, I can. <laughs> so they give Jem a pink helmet with her star on it. And she jumps in the car and is in pole position at the Indianapolis 500. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and she's kicking ass.
0: Yeah. And it's funny, like they show the track and it's an oval, and then when they show the overhead shot, it's more of a rectangle. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Why, Weren't they talking to each other here? The continuity was driving me crazy yeah. in this episode because it goes back and forth several mm. times. Yeah, and then
1: yeah, we haven't hit the even uh, the completely absurd part yet. So
0: Eric has placed a bet against the Starlight car, and no, no, they're in, and Jem is winning. I gotta go change my bet. So he goes to the hot dog vendor, who's also the bookie. And he's like, I want to change my bet. (laughs) The race has already started, but I want to change my bet. So he changes his bet, and he forgets to get pizzazz her hot dog. She freaks out. And she's like, well, I'm not going to sit here and let Jem win. So she goes down in pit row, pulls a driver out of his car. drags him out of the car. Literally lift him up by the armpits, threw him out. She jumps in, and now she's in the race, too. And she's winning. And she's winning. And sometimes she has a helmet on, and sometimes she doesn't. It's okay.
1: She had big hair. It kind of served as the element. It was <laughs> well,
0: there's plenty of hairspray. I'm sure it was solid. Um, and they go back and forth. Eric changes his bet again because now Pizzazz is winning. is winning. And he,
1: she's up by like a, like more than a full lap. More than a full lap with yeah. like two to go yeah. one to go. <laughs> and Jim somehow makes up the difference. Yep. And I honestly, am watching this
0: video. I'm like, Pizzazz is going to win this race like, what are they going to do when Pizzazz? wins? And like am ah, like, no, boom. So Jem, yeah. the pop star, wins the Indianapolis 500.
1: Which, yeah, a bunch of jumps driving in that race otherwise. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, the driver's name was... The person who was supposed to be driving the car for Starlight was Martino Granzetti. <laughs> Which... Not mistakenly sounds like Mario Andretti, <laughs> but it's Martino
1: Granzetti.
0: which <laughs> just made me laugh. Like, wait, what did they call him? Yep, that's what I
1: thought. <laughs> well, and they, they kind of they bring that back a little bit in the the next one with the Gem Jam, where they um, introduce all these other like rock stars who are going to perform with Gem, and there's a Tina Turner lookalike named Lena Lerner. Uh-huh. Um, her Spoiled Brat son Dominic who basically looks like a young Michael Jackson. Yeah. Um, there's Roland Owens who is Stevie Wonder. Yeah. I mean his name is different but he's Stevie Wonder. Ron Cox who is Mick Jagger. Yep. And then Johnny Deacon who is Bruce Springsteen. Um, they actually the Misfits they 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 actually have conspired to throw off this one other person who is clearly Madonna. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and the the last thing I want to talk about for the this se- the this season is during that gem jam. There's they bring back Bonnie again, yeah. Who uh, with her great eyesight is missing her father. So she obviously she's in a foster home. All she knows is that her father has red hair. And so basically, what they established in this episode is anytime she meets a man with red hair, she yells, she goes running after, her, hugs him, and says, "Daddy, my father is here." And so she like gl- glams onto this guy who's like, no, I have no idea, nope, no, I don't no, know but okay, whatever, yeah. no. And they they break her heart, and she finds like, oh, that. It's like, but you are my father because you have red hair. <laughs> this is not the last. This happens in the series either. Sadly, <laughs> it just goes on forever. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> she's like she's looking for the six fingered man. <laughs> <laughs> you have red hair. You have red hair. You must my be dad. my father. <laughs> Prepare to be hugged. Um, I know you haven't watched much. You know, didn't watch much of season two or three. I I did watch most of both seasons. God help me. Um, <laughs> I, I I did I didn't kind of hit my limit on some of these. Like I can't do this one. Yeah. But um, I, let's do a really quick drive through on some of these. Yeah. Um, so season two, they introduced two new characters. Mm-hmm. There's Jetta, who is the. Electronic saxophone player for the for the misfits. For the misfits Even yeah. though she barely played, at the time they, they show them playing, she is not really playing. There's no saxophone. There's no saxophone the other than the first time she shows up. Yeah, and then there's Raya, who is the new drummer for the the holograms. Yeah. So and, and what and is she... nice about the holograms is that there's very there's a nice, there's diversity in this. Yes. Yeah. Raya's Hispanic. Hispanic, yeah. and then you have uh, yeah they have an African American in Shanna. and then there's. Um, Asia, who is Asian? Asia, yeah. it's it's A J A. A J A. Aja, A-J-A. Leith. Yes. Yeah. But they kind of they say it as Asia. Yeah. Um, so and they are actually all other than Raya, um, Raya, they are so you have Jerica and Kimber who are sisters, natural sisters, and then the other two, Asia and um, Shanna, are actually adopted sisters. Yeah. So they are actually all family and then. Right. They, So, which is, I mean, it's kind of a, a, again, nice diversity and a nice message that, you know, this kind of, all these people can be together in family and. Yeah. And they didn't exploit any of the stereotypes. Right. No. And yeah, they, they handled them all really well. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of skimming really quick. um, In seasons, uh, season two, episode seven, Father's Day is the first time that they changed the open, they, they changed the opening song. So they, they got rid of the um they, they well i guess they kept it just as the, the closing credits the opening credit theme of gem the truly outrageous went away and yeah. they just had this um gem girls like uh, me and my friends are gem girls it sounds like a cartoon More jingle a cartoon song and yeah. so that was actually the lead-in for mo- i think they only changed out once or twice but... i
0: wonder if they used that in any of the advertisements for the toys oh yeah yeah, they had to. Have. Yeah, that
1: was that was their toy their, their toy. Jingle. It was, and so yeah. they, they moved it to the front of the the cartoon the to kind of have that consistency. I see. Yeah, um, yeah. Throughout season two, there's um, there's a literacy there's a couple literacy episodes. Um, Dance comes back in uh, episode twelve, like and, a bad penny, <laughs> and she's injured. Of course, and. Is it from her hair? And, no, <laughs> she have a bad neck. <laughs> she, she hurts her knee. I think it is. Or you're uh. like, and they're desperate for. Her. It's like you've got to come back. Whatever. Com- of course, they're in a competition. They're doing. They're doing a video. There's something that they have to have her there. And the whole episode, she's she's like in this rehab center, um, but she's living there. Yeah. And she meets this guy who's blind, and he convinces her, like, hey. All you have to do is just believe, and you'll get better. Oh, and she does, and she gets better.
0: Why is he still blind? Because
1: <laughs> then he has surgery. Oh, <laughs> they come up with another quarter mil. Yes, they didn't get to him be, be with the two hundred fifty thousand. I'm sure it was like, yeah, it was probably yeah. half million for him because right. he already was blind. <laughs> but but the, I mean, the message on that is, I don't think that's what they intend to say. Like, hey, kid, you you who've been living in a in a wheelchair, just believe in yourself. You'll be fine. <laughs> just- Get off your butt and walk. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's the message uh, they meant to send, but I'm no, like, oh yeah, they no, went left there. <laughs> yeah, the uh, episode four they deal with a, a one of the Starlight girls um, gets kind of falls in with a drug dealer and um, deals with drug addiction. So I mean, yeah, I mean they're touching on on different you know, things, problems of the world at the time. But and, and it's kind of as I said to you, um, as you watch them. I, I, the heart's there, the 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 intent is there, but for every episode I watched, I'm like, well, that was the worst episode ever. Yeah. And then the next one would start, and it's like, surprise! Hey, yeah. Hey, you thought that was bad. Hold my hairspray. <laughs> this, this is getting worse. <laughs> Uh, because suddenly then like they go to Shangri. The ones I didn't watch, they go to Shangri La. Yeah. No, I'm not dealing with that. They go. Yeah, back they already in... went to the
0: Wall of China in the yeah season one.
1: Yeah, but instead they go to a mythical place, and sure. then then they go back in time, and then there's something oh, no. with Robin Hood. And gonna... i no, I'm not dealing with that. And, <laughs> and yeah, and of course by the end of the year, uh, end end of the season, um, they 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 tell the history of Jem and her father. Mm-hmm. They Jem wins a, is nominated for best actress for Oxford star Bright. and really yeah she doesn't win no spoiler alert yeah and then um kimber gets falls in love with two people and gets engaged and then that's a page out of rio's book and then, <laughs> then it ends at the at the that marriage ends at the uh, altar and then the other guy comes swooping in but they don't get married they just like all right we're gonna, like, we're gonna make this work one way or another yeah. but yeah, Ooh, i got
0: right. close to that marriage thing <laughs> Never doing that again <laughs>
1: yeah Uh, and that's that season two is yeah the less said about that the better season three they bring in the stingers so obviously you mentioned a whole new band Mm -hmm. three new figures you could sell a boy and then two two uh, female figures Um, and there was also a real life musician at that time called sting yes Yeah, see, he looked a little bit different. Yeah. Um, there There is another dance episode in this yeah. one where they go, we get the history of dance's mother Oh, because nobody cares, but, you know, there yeah. we are. Oh. Um, they have the day the music died, which is the the single most nonsensical episode, which is saying something. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch that one. Yeah, Riot, sure. Riot kind of steals Jem and they go off on a cruise and then he like keeps her from ever coming back. They're gone for three months. Three months? No, nobody knows where they are. Uh, <laughs> She kidnapping. She stays in a hologram the whole time. For three months. Because he remember, he doesn't know who Jem or Jericho is. He just knows Jem. And so she just stays a hologram. She doesn't know where she is. Well, but she can keep her as a hologram. Yeah. Um in that time, then Starlight Music and Starlight Foundation fold because (laughs) in three months they can't they can't hack it. No. And so then uh the the misfits Take over the—they they basically just absorb the other two bands because well, your lead singers are gone, so you have to perform with us now. Yeah. And they do, and <laughs> well, why wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they, Eric gain and Pizzazz gain control of Starlight Music and Starlight Foundation. Yeah. And then they realize which that, is what they've been working on for yes, three seasons. But they get driven crazy by dealing with the Foster Girls, and so they give it all back when Jem eventually shows back up three <laughs> months later. Um. Yeah, and I then, love it. and it goes to the very end. So they let's go right to the end, the last one, because I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Um, <laughs> it's our final Bonnie episode. Because why not? Why would you not end the, the the series of Gemini holograms with a focus on Bonnie? Right, and, the who, who is still desperate to meet. So she's just you know looking for her father. Yeah, just beside herself because she doesn't have her dad. Yeah, and so then they go and they go. Out and they search for her father based on what little information they have. They narrow it down to three guys, and, all with red hair. And they determine that have, the first guy. They, they they bring one guy in. And it's like, oh, here's your dad. And it's like, oh, daddy. And he's like, he's a degenerate gambler, <laughs> and he's going to basically hold her hostage to get money from Gem and the holograms. So go <laughs> <laughs> and so he takes her to an abandoned zoo. In the <laughs> meantime, they find a real father who who had lost his memory from being in the war oh. from being in Vietnam yeah. And, yeah so he didn't remember any of it and then he has a flashback and remembers everything but so they bring him back and he try he tried he goes like I'm gonna use my army training in this old abandoned zoo and he finds out where she is and they save the day and then it yeah. ends with her leaving and like waving goodbye and crying Taking and then, with her dad. and then Jem, it's like Jericho waving goodbye and that's the end of the series <laughs> So this whole the pentent <laughs> the the final episode. The final episode of this cartoon is well Bonnie found her dad. Yeah. <laughs> the, that was what the, that was what Geminolograms is all about. <laughs> finding finding Bonnie's father. I love it.
0: <laughs> oh
1: I I wanna make a wanted poster
0: with Bonnie that says, Are you my dad? <laughs> <laughs> I can't see you. <laughs> Contact me at the, <laughs> at the foster home. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Well. So, yeah, we beat this to death. Yeah. Um, so our good, bad, and ugly, I found some good. Mm-hmm. And the good that I'm hanging on to, what I'm hanging my head on, is, you know, the voice actors, besides Charlie Adler and Marlene Aragon, were a bunch of unknowns, mm-hmm. didn't really do a lot of other things. There were some instances where I think the direction or the writing was bad, but overall the voice acting was good. Yeah, it was I fine. Thought, yeah, it wasn't terrible yeah, for it, a bunch of you know people it, who weren't. You know, this wasn't Frank Welker, and you know
1: it could be hit or miss. And yeah, the, but it wasn't bad. And Rio's voice, I you know, well, it was annoying. Yeah, it just because he was annoying. And there were times where he's just whatever his his however he was emoting just seemed off for the scene. Yeah, but because he was an idiot. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So that was my good, yeah. is that this really could have been bad, but it was, it was, yeah, it I, was manageable.
1: My good was the they attempted to make this to, to put some meaning to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know there were worse you know, obviously focus on literacy and, and addiction and runaway, and then um, that's all. I mean, it's good. The heart, the, the, there was heart to the show. Yeah, it they tried to address issues of the day. I don't feel it was done well. Yeah, but they they tried yeah it's they tried <laughs> yeah uh, i mean and, and there's there's nothing wrong with that especially you know focusing on the audience that they were the, the way they did trying to provide a positive female role model to girls i thought they did a good job yeah. with that i mean this is jerica's jerica, is jerica a, and well, jim were likable yeah i mean she's a successful rock rock artist she runs a music state studio and she is you know this de facto foster mom yeah these and, and a successful one at that yeah. so i mean it, I thought they did a nice job with that. Yeah. Um, and, and the diversity. I thought they did a nice job. Yeah. With the yeah.
0: I didn't see any too. issues with that. I mean, no. they, they had it, for mm-hmm. one, which was great. Right. And then they didn't exploit any stereotypes. Even when they were in China, they really didn't. You know? So... Yeah. I was happy to yeah. see yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the bad, for me, the animation was bad
1: oh the animation was terrible
0: oh i mean you'd see a character walking up the stairs and they were just kind of float up the stairs (laughs) they never really made contact with any of the Mm -hmm. stairs you know a lot of inconsistencies Mm -hmm. in backgrounds and colors and shapes yeah (laughs) um and the plots were really predictable i mean this was like again Mm -hmm. yeah you know they were just bad and over the top yeah and just outrageous truly 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 outrageous (laughs) um yeah, so that was bad for me.
1: Yeah, bad for me. The animation I'll I'll second that. And you can see it right off they're clearly the the style that they used is they they were they were cutting what I would say cutting cells. So you'd have a sequence of a movement and instead of having like the full like ten cells to show the movement, they would cut it down to like four or five mm-hmm. to just kind of move it along a little quicker. Yeah, and you can, I mean, it becomes patently obvious when you look at the the opening. They they clearly put the time into the opening and sequence. Yeah, the, the title sequence. It's actually really fluid moving. It actually looks really good. Yeah, Jim's for the most riding part. on the star. Yeah, I stuff, mean, she yeah. does a spin. It looks really. It looks yeah. really good. And then it, it becomes obvious by season three when they actually take segments from the show and they put it in and you can see that the the difference like this, yeah you know, the, the animation is different but yeah it, it just from the, the opening credit to the show itself it just the animation just was not it yeah was not good. Yeah, especially when, when the same studio is doing G.I. Joe, which was better. Right. And we haven't even talked about G.I. Joe, but in yeah. Transformers, I mean, Transformers was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did some of those same techniques, but it wasn't as jarring <laughs> and wasn't as bad, poorly done. Yeah, it wasn't C-level effort. Yeah. <laughs> and the other bad for me is outrageous. <laughs> they said the word, they had the shoehorn outrageous into every episode of season one. Yeah.
0: Well, it's the, the word comes from the title song, right? Yeah. You know, it well, it's mean, like. The, they used it as yeah, like truly, Smurfy. Yeah, she's truly outrageous. Yeah, everything's outrageous.
1: <laughs> but it was just like, oh my God. <laughs> Again. It, it did at some point make me think of uh, the Princess Bride. It's like, I didn't, you keep on using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: our second Princess Bride reference in this conversation. Because we talked about the six-fingered man. And now we're talking about this. Wow. So ugly. Um, I just didn't like all the real peril and attempted murder of of the the good guys. You know, this was like, they weren't messing around. They were trying to kill these people.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, fire, trying to kill children, trying to drown people, kidnapping.
1: Yeah, I agree. And the way they just kind of shrugged it off. Yeah. Like, everybody in it was like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. okay. She almost tried to kill me. Well, it didn't work. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like those misfits. Yeah, darn them. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. there's no real I mean, you can't touch it. There's no real bad like the cultural or anything nah. like that. It's but yeah, it it's just I thought it was more violent
0: than GI Joe. And GI Joe is a cartoon about an army. Yeah. It, but you never really feel like anybody's truly in peril. No one's ever real danger, <laughs> you know. Um so, what do you rank it one to one to ten? Uh,
1: I, I I tried to give a little leeway to this, knowing that this was not, not for us. Meant for no, you. Yeah, we knew yep. going in that this was going to be ugly for us. Um, yep. I thought a three kind of was the right number for me. Yeah. Um, I, I I didn't like this cartoon. Yeah, I didn't like it. No. And as I said, I, I, each episode got progressively worse for me, sure. and, and it became painful. But I mean, they clearly put the effort, and there's you know. Yeah, there there was definitely a uh, definitely some attempts at some really positive components to it. It didn't work for me, but I could see how it would have worked. The effort was there, but yeah, but yeah, this was yeah.
0: Well, maybe I so I didn't watch season three, Mm -hmm. which well, (laughs) maybe I would have scored it lower (laughs) had I watched season three. Ah, So I came in at a four because you know I knew it wasn't meant for me so mm-hmm. I tried to look at it objectively but the animation was so bad mm-hmm. the plots were bad um I thought it was better than Hogan Rock and Wrestling yes which I gave a three yeah. so I landed at a four okay.
1: yeah um yeah I wavered between two and three I, yeah, yeah. I figured you know I'm gonna give it a little bit more grace just
0: sure because yeah. yeah they got to handicap it a little because yeah. this wasn't meant for me yeah, yeah.
1: and it was no brady kids so <laughs> definitely <laughs> well, we can thank god for that yes
0: Okay, so uh, what do you want to do next time?
1: Well, I think we finally need to creep into the 1990s. And okay. And we should do it in a big way. Yeah. And nothing to me is bigger than Batman the Animated Series. Oh, great. Cool. Some good actors in that great one. Great acting, great storytelling. Yeah. I think that's going to be a good one.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I hear, Mom, I think it's time for, uh, for us to go outside. So that
1: means cartoon time is over. I'm John. I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want more Toon Talk, you can find us on Twitter at Toon Talk Guys, Or if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions, you can
0: email us at toontalkguys at gmail.com.